How do you project your writing income? How do you know if you're going to be able to make ends meet and hit your goals this month? We're talking about my process on today's episode. You're listening to Copy Chatter, the podcast where we talk about all things writing business. We're having a conversation here about freelance writing and freelance writers, and you are invited. Let's chat about business, marketing, dealing with clients, mindset issues, copy tips, and rolling with the changes. We'll also delve into what's going on with this particular writer as I grow and build my own business. Ready to talk shop? It's time for some copy chatter. So this is the kind of thing that you need to be thinking about once you have the money rolling in. It's easy to project your income when you only have one thing here and one thing there. But once you have some sort of steady flow going on, then it can be really helpful to keep track of what's coming in the door, what's likely, what's maybe on the horizon and that sort of thing. Now I'm going to pause for a second and just say that my um, my five-year-old daughter is here sitting with us. We have a little podcast intern. Arden, do you want to say hi? Hi. So that's Arden. She is such a sweetheart. Anyway, so she's hanging out with me. It is a, um, a cool 57 degrees here in the recording studio slash office slash sun porch. It's basically a sun porch. Um, Anyway, and we're here talking about how to project income. So this is my process. It is not very sophisticated. There are probably, actually, I know for a fact, there are way more sophisticated ways to do this. (laughs) If you use Dubsado or, um, I don't know, 17 Hats, I think, does something like this. Any kind of customer any kind of CRM, so customer relationship manager. Does this work? Or are you sending this to someone? This is work. This is my podcast. It's like a radio show. Oh. Yeah, that's why we need to be quiet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> She's nodding. Okay. Um, where was it? Yes, my, pro- my process is very unsophisticated. It's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I can't think of the word. Rudimentary. I use a spreadsheet. (laughs) Now, I tried to make the switch to Dubsado because it's supposed to be so amazing with the workflows and the leads and the the calendar integration and the automation and all that. And that looked amazing. But holy moly, that was really complicated. And I couldn't figure it out. And I wanted to work with... um, there's a gal named Crystal Clark. She's amazing with Dubsado. And I've been looking for an excuse to work with her for like two years, y'all. So I got in touch with her and I was like, hey, can you help me get set up on Dubsado? And she was like, yeah, my wait list is like four months long. So there went that. My printer has just come to life too. It's distraction day on the podcast. Okay, but I'm going to leave it in because this is real life. Normally I'd edit this stuff out, but we're under a little bit of pressure today. Anyway, so I tried to get started on Dubsado. Crystal couldn't help me. Um anytime soon. And so I thought, well, I'll try it myself. I bought these like little info products from um, my gal pal Brandy, who um, I met a couple of years ago, like in person. She was pretty cool. And she's into Dubsado. Anyway, so I tried. I tried to ascend the learning curve and I failed and I fell back down the mountain. And now I'm back to my spreadsheet. So <laughs> I thought I would share it with you. So this is if you've enrolled in any of my courses, I'm pretty sure my payments tracker spreadsheet is in just about all of them. 
Um, so if you have any of my courses, look for the payments tracker spreadsheet. This is this is what I'm kind of talking about today. Um, you can set up your own spreadsheet, but basically my payments tracker, this is something I developed, you know, back when I got started in the early days of 2010, which is now 11 years ago. That's a long time. And so on this spreadsheet, I keep all my leads plus all my assignments. Um, I just found that it was easier that way. So I have like two kind of main sections and up at the very top of the spreadsheet, it's the actual client. It's the work that's been assigned. It's the, I keep track of like the client name and email address and what's actually been assigned and how much it's going to, uh, you know, what the rate's going to be um, and the invoice and the invoice date and the payment date and all that stuff. Like super, you know, pretty basic official payment tracker stuff. And then I skip like 10 or 20 lines below the booked work section. And, and that's just where I keep my leads, you know, my inquiries. And so I get an inquiry from somebody and I write their name where the client name would be. And I write whatever I know about this gig on the line where the assignment would be. Um, and and I estimate what the rate will be or that kind of thing. And then in the notes section, I always have a notes column at the very end on my spreadsheets. And in the notes, you know, I'll say, um, came through the contact form, you know, or, or whatever, looking for something, um, you know, any kind of relevant notes. And then I will continue to nurture that lead um, until I know whether or not what, you know, until I know whether it's a yes or a no. And then once something is actually booked, once they've actually decided to hire me, then I cut and paste their information and I move it up to the top part of the spreadsheet where the clients are, the real actual clients with the rates and the whatnot. It's it's pretty straightforward. Um, but I use this. Oh, yeah. And then the other piece of the spreadsheet is I have... Um, I have another section down. Y'all, this is so rudimentary. It's so um, primitive. <laughs> um, but I will, you know what, when I write a blog post about this episode, I'll have a link to it. Um, or if you're in the Facebook group, let me know and I'll link you up with the spreadsheet if you don't have it. Um, so I have my list of clients and my client work. Um, and then I have my list of prospects and a little bit of information about the prospects. And then I skip another like 15 lines and I have, um, a smaller little kind of, it's almost like a table. It looks like a box a table where I have my monthly income breakdown and I use a very simple, um, equation, I guess. I, I can't remember the term. It's like the equation that you type up into the box. formula. It's a formula. Hello. I use a very simple formula to tabulate all the money that's coming in in January and I write it next to January and I tabulate all the money coming in in February and March, April, May, June, July through the end of the year. So each month has its own row and then next to the name of the month, that's where I add up all the income um, either that came in that month or is expected that month or I think might happen that month. I use the payment due. I have a payment due column and I have a payment date column up at the top. So I use the payment due column to track the um, projections. So I have the payment due and then I have the payment received. So there's like total due or anticipated and then total actually confirmed in the bank account. And, um, and this really helps me with projecting annual and or monthly income. So 
when I thought about my process, I thought, what are the key points? How do I break this down? Um, and share it so anyone can develop their own process. If you're looking for technical whiz stuff, this is not the podcast for you. I'm not the person for you. <laughs> um, you can do this in, in a spreadsheet. You can do this in Dubsado. I'm beginning to learn how to do this in um, FG Funnels, which is a page builder and CRM all kind of rolled up and course platform all rolled up together in one. Um, but that's probably a whole lot more than you need if you're listening to this podcast. Um, I do it mostly because of I have the course side. If I didn't have my courses, then this uh, spreadsheet is probably what I would still be doing. Either that or I would just be waiting <laughs> for Crystal to help me get set up on Dubsado. Anyway, but I digress. The key elements that when I looked at my process and analyzed what I actually do, the key elements I found are that... I keep track of my prospects. Um, and when I think a prospect is going to turn into something likely, that's when I start kind of penciling in some possible income. That's, uh, you know, that's how I start making projections. When I see things coming down the pike, um, and they, these can be anything. These can be recurring work from clients um, who say, yeah, you know, in, in Q3, I'm going to launch this other thing and I'll need your help with that, right? Or it can be um, just a prospect who, you know, it seems really likely. Maybe we had a good discovery call and I'm, I'm waiting on their response to my proposal or that side of things. So I have these categories, work that is set, work that is likely and work that is possible. And, you know, I sort of keep these in my head. The thing about writing is that it's not like I'm juggling 20 different people at a time. I usually only have maybe three, maybe four active clients at a time. So it's easy to sort of, there's not a whole lot of stuff to remember. So I, this, I use this kind of basic shorthand and it's fine. Um, and then I use my spreadsheet and I, I will kind of pencil in amounts that I think is will come from the prospects and I pencil in amounts that I can anticipate based on agreements that already exist. And that's how I can project my income. So let's, let's think about like a real life example. So when I was blogging and I was doing a lot of blogging clients, I needed, let's say I wanted, uh, I don't know, 10 blog posts. Let's say I needed to write 12 blog posts a month to hit my income goal. Okay, so, and when I do that, you know, a blog post is loosely defined as like a 750 to 1000 word blog post. Some of my clients had me do longer, some had shorter, but I just sort of like in my head, it's like 10,000 word blog posts a month and that would hit my goals. Okay, so I land a one-off. I get a paid guest post. Okay, well, that's one. I need one more. I need nine more for this month and I need 10 more for next month. Okay, one down. 20 to go. <laughs> nope, one down, 19 to go. And this is why I'm a writer and not a mathematician. <laughs> okay. Um, and then I'm I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking, prospecting and finding work and, and talking to people and all of that, put my name out there and marketing. And then somebody comes along and we connect and we do really, we have a good conversation and she's like, yeah, I want to work with you. And that is um, like one post a week, which in, sh in shorthand tabulation, I do four, four per month, even though some months there are going to be five, I do four per month for my calculations. Um, 
So that means that I have one, I have the one guest post for the month. And now I have four for this new client. So that's five. And then I have four for next month because this is an ongoing thing. So that's uh, nine down, 20 to go, right? So I am projecting the income from four blog posts for this month. And then I'm projecting the income of four blog posts next month. And I'm penciling that work in. That work is booked. And I have no reason to think that that work won't come through. Um, even though nobody knows the future and anything could happen, we're, we're going to assume that that work will come through. My heater just kicked on. Maybe it will get up over 60 degrees. Not likely. Anyway. <laughs> um, and then the month rolls on. I've done maybe three of my four blog posts. And somebody else comes along and they want... I don't know, they want an email sequence. And I'm like, sweet, I will book the email sequence this month, but I probably won't get paid for it until next month. So I'll put that income in next month's income projection. Now, some people would say, count it when you land it. Some people say, count it when you, um, when you get it or when you think you're going to get it. Um, I tend to want to count it when I think I'm going to get it only because I feel like that is a little bit more accurate and it tells me if I need to hustle harder. Um, you know, if I land a gig on January 25th, it's more likely that the payment for that gig will come February 1st or later. So it's going to go on February income. And, um, I either need to take a deposit up front or take full payment up front or find something else that I can do. If I need to hit the gap, if I need to fill the gap, sorry, in January, um, and then let this particular work ride until February, if that makes sense. I don't know that there is a wrong way to do this, but whichever way you do it, whether you, um, whether you plunk it down in the month when you land it, or you plunk it down in the month when you're more likely to receive it, whatever you do, do that consistently. Um, you may find as you go along and you get more practice with this, that you have one preference over the other. Okay, and now the thing about discussions like this is that I know a lot of us get nervous. It's really easy to get maybe to, there are maybe eight or 10 days left in the month and you're doing your thing and, and you're going to have a shortfall. Um, and, you're and you're like, it's only, only 10 more days, only 10 more days. Oh, what am I going to do? I need to find work, only 10 more days. And I know that it can feel really nerve wracking and a little bit scary especially if you really need that money, <laughs> which is a position I've been in, in many times. So when you, when you're coming up on the end of the month and you're not sure what, or, you know, or you're coming up to the end of your pipeline and you're not sure what's going to happen next and you have enough work to keep you busy for the next maybe week, maybe week and a half and you, and it's like crickets after that. I want to tell you, just keep showing up, keep showing up keep being visible. Don't panic. You're not sinking. Everything that you've done before happened. You know, it came to you and there's no reason to think that more stuff won't come to you. You've got to just keep, keep doing what you're doing. Keep going, keep marketing. I have never recommitted to reaching a specific financial goal and then not hit that goal within like a month. 
Okay, so it's not necessarily instantaneous, but if I, if I'm doing a pretty consistent, um, like $2,500 a month, and I decide I want to take it up to 3000 a month, I'm usually able to do that within four weeks, within a four week period. So, you know, if it's January 20th and I'm going to hit 25 and I want to, I want February to be 3k and I just, no, if it's January 20th and I'm at 25 and I decide my new goal is 3k, maybe I'll hit 3k by the end of the month, but it's more likely I'm going to hit it, um, in February. I hope that that makes sense. I hope that wasn't too confusing. But you've got to stay committed, even when you don't see what's going to happen in the future. I want to say it was Dr. Martin Luther King who said something about, um, is it the staircase? I don't have to see the whole staircase. I just have to see the next step. If he didn't say that, he said something like that, something to that effect, where you don't have to see the whole path. If you think of your income goal as a mountain, um, and you are standing at the bottom of the mountain, where you're standing... You can see the top of the mountain and you can see the next few steps, but you can't see the whole path up the mountain. That's what I'm saying. You, you won't, there will be things in your pipeline that you can't see yet. And you've got to keep that pipeline flowing by continuing to show up. But I just want to give you some encouragement that as long as you're showing up, however, in whatever ways you choose to show up to find work, as long as you are diligent in doing that, it will keep happening. It will keep showing up. Or sorry, the work will keep coming to you. You've got to you've got to do the work, however. And if you need help, we're going to wrap up this episode now. If you need help doing the work or getting some guidance or you feel stuck or you have questions, I invite you to come into my Facebook group and post your questions. I It's so chattery. It's so full of chatter in there now, which is awesome. Um, I'm not able to respond to everything, but I respond to as much as I can in there. And when I don't respond, sometimes I'll get to a post and there'll already be like 10 comments on it. And I'm like, oh, well, they don't need me. Okay. (laughs) So it's a great place um, to come and get your questions answered and get support and um, guidance from other people who are doing what you're doing. Um, And then I'm in there too. Feel free to tag me if you'd like. Um, That increases the likelihood that I will be able to respond. Um, But that's probably the best way to reach me. And it's definitely the best way I know of to get advice and support. So come find us. We are the Inkwell Guild on Facebook. You can search for that on Facebook or you can go to theinkwellguild.com and that will take you straight to the um, to the join, sign up, join the group page, answer the questions and we'll let you in. And uh, with that, my friends, I will wrap up and say see you next week. A funny thing happened the other day. I realized that many of my podcast listeners don't know about Clips Camp, so now I'm going to tell you about it. Clips Camp is a three-week course for new and advanced new (laughs) freelance writers who want to get started with high-paid client work. If you are on Upwork and miserable, if you're on Fiverr and miserable, or if you haven't even done anything to get started and you don't know what the first step is, Clips Camp is for you. I'm teaching you how to put together a solid portfolio of writing samples that position you as the kind of awesome writer that awesome clients want to hire. So if you want in on that or you just want more information, go to clipscamp.com and I will see you on the inside.